Hodges puts up the three. Long go. Rebound box. Now head over in this direction. Gone to three. Camps Corner. On today's episode, we have three-time Women's Coach of the Year in the Little East Conference and two-time Little East Conference champ and uh, head coach Jenna Cosgrove of the Ryan College. Anchor with Jenna, how you been in this offseason? Been so great, far? Kim. Good, good. Been great. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no problem. Have you ever been? I'm, I'm pretty sure you've been on a podcast like Sit Down type thing before, right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, who? What, what were you featured on before? Oh God. Um, so you've been on a couple of them then. <laughs> yeah, I've been on a couple. I don't know off the top of my head. Um, you know, one was D3 Hoops, um, but a couple other more like smaller ones and local ones. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so coming off of like your most recent awards, you know, Coach of the Year, you know, going back to back and, of course, three-time. Um, I've asked a lot of coaches and players as well um, that have accomplished similar things like that. What, is, what do these awards mean to you, um, you know, the Coach of the Year awards? Um, I mean, it's just a credit to, you know, the players we have and, and the staff I have. I mean, it's everything is because of that. Um, mm-hmm. I'm most proud of how much we've progressed as a group in these last couple of years. And I just had my first three uh, of the, my recruiting class. My first recruiting class are about to be done and graduate. And, uh, you know, that's the best part. Yeah. Do you still see them around the campus and stuff like that or you haven't? Yeah, 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 actually, yep, and uh, Mayor Gallagher will graduate, um, she'll graduate May 14th, the other two are finishing up, but um, yeah, really close relationship, and that's the best part of it, um, yeah. I've, I've seen them all um, very recently, and I know they're wrapping up the school, so. Yeah, definitely, that's definitely the best part of coaching is gaining that personal, uh, you know, connection, and things like that, but before we get into, like, everything with Rick, of course, you know, Rick Cedric, everything, um, you know, we're going to jump back to 2005, you know, your first year at Endicott, you know, first playing year and everything like that. Uh, what was your focus? Oh. Yeah. Like first, like going into school, what was your main focus? It's so funny you say that. Cause I'm actually going to speak at Endicott for the first time since I've, uh, wow. I mean, since I've graduated, I mean, we went back this year to play, which was really cool. And we mm-hmm. went left for the W, but, um, I went to Endicott for sport management. I got my coaching certification and I always like knew I wanted to coach, but, I really dove into the sport management side and did internships, kind of everything but coaching. And I thought that really helped me diversify that experience. And kind of at the end of the day, when I graduated, really, I really figured out that I wanted to coach. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, it seems like a long time ago. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I mean, I, cause I'm actually trying to build a profile myself on that, um, that app LinkedIn. So I was like, you know, looking up some of your things, what you've been doing, and um, I saw you went there to school. I know, I know, like the girls, like had that picture of you playing. Was, was your intentions ever to to play, or like you? I just kind of like the how did that? Come oh yeah, about? Well, yeah, yeah. I wanted to play. Um, mm-hmm. I was recruited to play Division three, and um, so my oh, so you were recruited, there. yeah. Oh yeah, so I was okay. I was choosing a school based on playing basketball and getting the degree I wanted. So, you know, it's funny because a lot of the schools we play now, or a lot of the schools, or, or a lot of the coaches, some of them recruited me, including in our conference. So. Yeah, yeah, so that so coming out of high school, like that was your main intention was to play, and then once you got you know uh, familiar with like the programs and things like that at Endicott, that's like 
what kind of suited you the best? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, I, I was attracted to Endicott for the education, the mm -hmm. opportunity to play and the location, kind of all of that. So, um, yeah, it's a great spot. Now I'm lucky to be at Rick. So. Yeah, for sure. And I know Cody is a, an alum there too. Oh, yes, yes. Kind of showing me the ropes and things like that. But uh, I'm pretty sure he was at that game when you guys traveled up there. So that must have been cool for him calling you guys up there. But uh, as far as you, like, during your playing days and stuff, like, who was a mentor for you? Like, someone that you looked up to, you know, that kind of paved the way for, like, your playing career, you know, as well as your coaching career? Um. Well, for sure, my coaching career is paved by my grandfather, my late grandfather, and um, my uncle, Jack, who's currently the Kobe football coach and previously the uh, winningest coach in UMaine football history. Um, he's like, he's in the hall of fame at Maine and, uh, you know, the state of Maine, um, the university of Maine. And, and he's just um, the closest person to me to mentor throughout my life, um, including while I was playing. So, you know, it's funny, I wasn't a superstar. The girls had that picture of me or whatever and traveled with it to Endicott. But when I look back now, it's like, you know, I was, I was an okay player. I could have mm -hmm. been better. I think if I, you know, but I, I was a good athlete but I feel like I was, I was born a coach and I feel like I've, um, it's just funny how things work out, but I look, look at it now and I'm like, I wasn't a superstar, but I love the fact that I can now breed the, I can develop those players mm. and have the success within, with coaching and, and getting the best out of my players. So it comes full circle. Yeah, for sure. And like, you know, I was a player firsthand too in high school. And like, obviously I wanted to try to pursue the, the college level, but when I was graduating, of course, COVID kind of, you know, messed everything up. I didn't really have a senior year for basketball and everything like that. But, um, you know, new passions come along. Like you said, coaching was, you know, something that you found in, you know, to stick around the game. And of course, like pick the best route. And it's kind of like going along that. Um, I don't know if you've seen some of the episodes, but my first episode was with um, uh, Joe Mazzulla. He's one of the assistant coaches of the Boston yes. Celtics. And his dad was my coach, like throughout my whole entire career, uh, playing basketball, middle school, high school. And I saw, you know, yep. yeah, he was, he played at West Virginia. He was in the uh, final four. Like he played against guys like Curry, uh, you know, John Wall, Mark Cousins. And like coaching was like, he felt that he would have been a better coach than a player, you know, to pursue like the professional, you know, uh, career path and things like that. So I can completely understand where you're coming from. Um, and they kind of like, you know, jump the gun a little bit. What's the like perspective? How does that change from a player to like a coach? And you, in your perspective. I mean, um, you know, I think you, the perspective um there's like just you, a lot how you view more. the game and things like that yeah yeah I mean I've I view the game so differently like I try and think back of when I played and how I viewed the game and the mindset so different like yeah. you're just the, as you get older the game makes a lot more sense the game slows down in your mind yeah. um I'm you know I spent I spent my entire 20s learning at learning from one of the best in the business in division one and I'm grateful for that because everything I I really, all my coaching knowledge and really what I've developed came from um, my time at Fordham. Um, it really did. And learning from mentors like Stephanie Gately and, and the people that I worked alongside with, you know, in, in at that program, um, they were my mentors as far as the coaching aspect. I really, I think, you know, stepping out of my comfort zone, being a small town girl from Sharon, Mass and going only an hour away to school in Endicott, I really stepped outside my comfort zone, taking that leap of going to the Bronx and, you know, spending seven years of my life in New York City and kind of putting the time in. Sometimes I was very much like, okay, I got to get back home. I've been here too long. But every single year there I developed and ultimately timing, you know, led me to this job. So 
I'm grateful for that because I learned, I put, you know, put a lot of time in at that level to get back to this level, become a head coach and be close to home. Yeah, definitely. And all the opportunities that come like, you know, to you is kind of like something similar that I'm going along. Like any opportunity I can get, I'm going to, I'm going to take it because you don't know where it's going to lead you and you don't know what, like who you're going to meet, all the connections and things like that. So, you know, like you said, you can absolutely, for it. absolutely. I remember actually getting the call um, a year out of college. I called my uncle and I said, okay, I got offered the D3 assistant job at Hartwick mm-hmm. up in New York division three, or I could take the administrative assistant job, um, with the women's basketball team at Fordham in the Bronx. And I was like, you know, and I, it was those two. And I really stepped outside my comfort zone doing that. And, you know, that was, you know, that's what I always preach is do it when you can get away. I mean, I traveled everywhere and got to do a lot and, um, you know, and, and, but really built my coaching mindset, my perspective, my, you know, my, just my philosophy and everything like that um, to bring to Rhode Island college. Yeah, definitely. You have to, you have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable, like you said, to reach right. all these different kind of career paths and things like that. But like kind of going back to like right. Endicott and things like that, how did your you know career like pan out, your playing career pan out? Like how, like what were your team's successes throughout the years? And like, when did, uh, like throughout those four years, when did that like coaching passion and like uh, career path kind of like open up for you? Um, we had a really good year, my senior year. Um, Endicott always has good teams. Actually, no one had won a conference championship. Um, up until I think it was the year before COVID, uh, so probably 2019 for them. Um, but my team won 26 games. I think it was the most in school history. My senior year, we lost in the championship game of Salve, um, which was heartbreaking because I think we were 23 and six. So we had a lot of success. Um, but again, I think when I'm thinking about now, like, you know, I was so invested in doing a lot of different experiences within sport because when you're when I'm I tell some of my players too when you're playing in the moment like at least for me when I was playing and I was doing I was a, I was a D3 athlete you know I was all I was interested in what else there was besides basketball right but still related to sport but then when I stepped away from it and within three months that summer I was like wait I could do a I could pursue a career in coaching um, and that's where I really dove in. And in my first year out of school, I became a volunteer assistant at my high school. I coached AAU, started making contacts and I was super young. I was, you know, 22. And then I jumped, dove right into it, um, my entire twenties. So, um, it just sprung from there right after graduation when I realized, okay, I did all these things. I didn't love them, but I think I could love doing coaching. I just didn't think of that in the moment of playing. Yeah. What was your, what was your major when you graduated? Like, what did you, what did you major in those four years? I was a sport management major. Okay. And then you went over to Fordham and you actually attended as a student, right? For two years. No, no. no. I, so my story at Fordham is interesting. So I took the job. Mm-hmm. Um, she, the, the coach at the time um, just hired a whole new staff. She was in the last year of her contract. Now, if you had told me that, would I still have taken the job? Probably because I was 22. For the others, you know, they've had a little bit more to, to risk. Mm-hmm. So that season went on. It was a losing program. We were one of the, we were at the bottom of the A-10. She gets let go. We all get let go. Um, they kept me on to keep things moving with the, with the girls. And ultimately, the two candidates came in, the current coach and uh, actually the Seton Hall coach, Tony Bazella. And I toured them around. And I got kept on by the, the, the hire by Stephanie Gately. I got bumped up to director of basketball operations. So I was in that role for three years. So while doing that role, I also pursued my master's degree in educational leadership. Um, I traveled the world. We did a foreign tour to Australia, Fiji, New Zealand, 
Uh Um, And being a director of ops at that level, you're really hands-on in everything. I mean, I was a part of the direct coaching staff, but from an ops standpoint as just, you know, being in charge of an entire travel party, um, budget, fundraising, marketing, whatever it might be, camps. Um, And then I ultimately got bumped up. Um, after those three years, I got bumped up to an assistant coach and eventually recruiting coordinator. So it all kind of came full circle because once I got that opportunity on the court, I grew that much more. Mm-hmm. Um, and right when I turned 30, I said, okay, it's uh, time to time to make this move. So I coached a little bit internationally. I went overseas to Israel, coached for three weeks over there. We won a gold medal. Um, but it really was, you know, t- timing is, is everything too. I, this is home for me um, and got the job. I applied on my birthday, June 2nd. Um, and I got hired late August, took a while, but it's all good. Yeah. So I, I saw you also, t- um, you coached at the USA open uh, women's team as well too, right? Before you come in. Yeah. yeah. So what was that yeah, experience which- like? That was really cool. I mean, that was, you know, that was a combined team, a selected team with a combination of D3 kids and D1. Um, I mean, we had the point guard from Pepperdine, who I'm still very close to, a post player from USC, and you got to compete internationally. And, um, you know, it was combined with a heritage experience, but it was just, um, it was awesome. I mean, that was, that was a really, really cool experience. And right after that is really when I dove in at Rick. So um, pretty special. Yeah. So, you know, kind of going along like the, the Fordham lines and like how you, you know, you said you spent like seven years of your life there and like just more and more opportunities came and came. Like, um, how did you find yourself in these opportunities? Like, what did you do in order to like, uh, you know, put yourself out there and, uh, you know, really reach out to like these like these big like opportunities so like, you can get your name out there as fast as possible? Yeah, there's that's a great question, Kim, because I always express my interest to coach. So mm-hmm. I I really I also try and stay very present. So like I I do, you know, I was in that director of ops position for three years. Um, but I, you know, you learn each year, you develop each year, but I was itching to get on the court mm-hmm. and for that next opportunity. So I kept expressing it. I knew that opportunity would come. Um, she, you know, especially with hiring within and you know, feeling it out. I was itchy at one point to make the jump because I wanted to get on the court sooner. But again, I saw it in the future and I was learning from a great coach. I was in a great conference. Um, you know, so I, when that opportunity came, she knew I was the next one up. Um, and, you know, one year on the court wouldn't have been enough. I don't think I would have developed enough. I think you really have to find your voice as a coach. You have to find what works for you, what you believe in, um, be comfortable being on the court and who you are as a coach. Um, so those three years did me, you know, by my third year, I really developed that confidence right. um, and and was ready to make that move. Yeah, no, definitely. I completely understand that because like, that's kind of how like I was like, uh, I was like, not that I wasn't confident in myself of like what I could do and like, you know, where I could bring my voice and things like that. But um, that COVID year kind of like, like screwed me in a way because I didn't, well, I wasn't able to like outlet myself on campus and no one no, like, yeah. really knew who I was. So that's when I developed this idea. And I was like, let me get started and, you know, do anything I can. Oh, so, you're the best. You're good at <laughs> what you do. I appreciate it. Um, actually, yeah. I did want to ask you, did, um, have you guys, like, I know you guys have watched over film and things like that. Do you hear the calls like, like that me and Cody have called and like, things like that? Like, can you hear like our voices? Yeah. Like I that? mean, I've, I've watched, especially the chant. I don't see so my family obviously watches a lot of them. If they can't come, my mom lives in Florida. So she tunes into every stream and she oh, awesome. loved you and Cody. I know that I've watched the championship or end clips. We've highlight tape and stuff like that. And you guys are the best. So do a really, really good job. I appreciate it. Yeah. And show a lot of, 
a lot of, um, I guess, you know, just to compare it to a lot of passion, you can tell you have a lot of passion and you can tell that in your voice and our relationship, your relationship with the girls. So it's great. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I actually grew up with Antonia. I've known Antonia for a while. So she's probably like the most like connected I've been. That's how I kind of like, you know, I guess bonded with everybody else. But um, I didn't know yeah. you were from Johnson until I recently saw your Facebook post with Coach Zula. So I didn't know that. So very cool. Yeah, no, I born and raised and I've, I'm still living here. I'm trying to, you know, get out to Kingston. I don't know if I'm gonna be living down there yet. But um, but going back to um, what was I gonna say? Oh, the coaching style. So from compared to like your first uh coaching job you said was uh was that a head coach at a, a high school on a varsity team or was no i was um i was volunteer assistant i was you assistant for the varsity okay. team yep yeah okay so compared to your first like official job i guess i guess you could say and then compared to like now how have you seen yourself grown over those years and what uh would you tell yourself back then that you've you know kind of learned now so as a coach back when i was i would yeah. say 22 um i was very unsure of myself. Um, I would say I was very, I just didn't have the confidence. I also just didn't really, I wasn't established of who I was and what was really important to me. I think that grows with time. Um, you know, and like, I even look back at Fordham, like that grew that whole time, which was a long time. Um, you know, I would say, you know, the more you get out and expose yourself and, and really do things on your own and not just be a bystander. I think when I was younger, I was more of a bystander, right? You know, I'd have a voice, but it was quieter and I'd be on the sideline watching. But if you can get out, even just coaches, like if you want to coach, even just getting out and training kids and having the confidence to really like develop and instruct, um, you develop that confidence within yourself. Um, so that's what I would tell myself the younger Jenna, I would say, Hey, you know, get out, train kids, do this. Um, you know, I think the world has changed too. I think <laughs> individual trainings and things have developed a lot more than when I first graduated college and some of those exposure things. But, um, yeah, like now I could walk into a gym and run a practice. I actually tell my kids, I have a lot of players that want to coach and, um, you know, I actually taught coaching the science of coaching HP 308. I just finished up this semester. And it was my first time teaching it. And I always tell them, I go, when I left Fordham, I was 30 years old. And I was nervous to coach my first practice at Rick in 2017. Mainly that the nerves came from never doing it before on my own, having it be my team. Mm -hmm. um, so the more you do things and throw yourself in uncomfortable situations, exactly what you said, being be comfortable with being uncomfortable, the easier things become for you. Um, you know, now it's second nature. I, I always prepare and am organized and walk in with a plan, but I could do it second nature without a doubt and not be nervous. Um, but I was definitely nervous because I hadn't done it all myself. I told my class, you know, that's the other thing, put yourself in a situation to lead um, and not just be a, an assistant per se, or ask if you can run a practice if you're an assistant, you know, and do it on your own and not have anyone help you out. Um, that stuff will really help a future coach. Yeah, definitely. Like you said, like what we were talking about earlier, being comfortable with being uncomfortable is like kind of something like I go by. Like you don't know the types of connections you can make unless you put yourself out there. Like it's it, like just going back to like Cody and like Scott and all those guys. Like I was doing a student ran um, like this one of the student ran programs to kind of like start broadcasting and all that stuff. And, you know, it wasn't obviously what I expected. We weren't on the courts. They didn't have like the accessibility to do things. 
which is like you know i understandable in a way but like it was something like all right like i'm a person type of person to be like i gotta get on the ball and i gotta get rolling like however right. you know, fast i can so i ended up bumping into cody and i actually went i went to high school with cody when i was a freshman he was a senior so i was like oh, oh wow. so i was like oh what's going on cody you know, nice to see you whatever and um i was like what are you doing at rick and he's like he's scott's assistant so, so scott's the assistant you know to one of the guys and that cody is scott's assistant so um he was like yeah so i do like broadcast i do like pa and i help out with everything else he's like this is my first like job i got with it um do you want to see how i do it and i was like yeah sure i'll see how you do it and then right from that day the next week or so he talked to scott and i got right on which was like cool because like it was kind of like perfect timing you know what i mean because they were looking for That's an awesome. apprentice they were looking for an apprentice and i was the, the kid like right there just to you know kind of join the action too good to that. be true though because now we're losing you but i know we'll I, have you sometimes i know no i'm definitely gonna whenever i have free time and there's games at rick i'm gonna make my way down there for sure because watching like you guys and the boys team and like making those connections like this is my first like real year like on campus and i was like this is like this is what i want to do for the rest of my life talking to players you know that's terrific like it's so that's cool awesome. And, you know, it all goes back to what we talked to. No, I appreciate it so much. Thank you. Like, um, I didn't realize how many people at Rick actually, like, you know, tune in and, you know, see all the stuff that I do. That's pretty cool. Yeah. 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 Kind of, you know, kind of like wrapping things up. Um, Yeah. So what do you, what do you instill in your players at the end of the day? What's like one of the mindsets and like skill sets that you kind of teach your players, like that you've taught throughout the years that you've, you know, kind of um, always had in you and always like pursued to each player that you've coached? Yeah, the one thing we we preach every day and like it's kind of been our motto for the last couple of years is to be great. And that's mm -hmm. because we, we say that greatness requires effort, attitude and toughness. I would say effort, attitude and being a great teammate or, or you know, you could play great teammate or toughness, whichever. Um, but you always got to show up with a great, great attitude and have good energy and effort every single day, because those are things you can control. We do a lot of things in practice that we preach that and we don't always, you know, count points where we focus a lot more on you know the the intangibles um like I thought this year we had an excellent year obviously we had the best year that we've had since I've been here made it to NCAA tournament but I still thought there were some aspects of our leadership that lacked um you know and that we're still working on I thought we you know I still think that there's you know a height that we can get to which is great when you have a good season you can look back and say what can we do better um but you know I think leadership is something we're working on every single day um, throughout, you know, from our seniors to our freshmen, our incoming freshmen, you know, now thinking about next year, um, you know, but we, we also talk about being a high character person, you know, and that translates to off the court. So how they conduct themselves off the court is huge. Um, high character um, and, you know, respect that goes with high character. Um, and, you know, I'm trying to think, uh, drawing a mind blank here, but um, we do, a, we're doing a leadership meeting right now with our five rising seniors. It's a really dominant class. That's Antonia, Izzy, Janiah, Nellie, and Macy. Um, and we've been doing it for the last few weeks in a postseason every Monday. And we kind of wrapped it up yesterday, but it's really to get all of them on board to be leaders. Um, you know, especially because our program is where it's at and we're going to be very veteran dominated in that senior class. So um, really just holding themselves to the highest expectation. We always say that we, you want to, you know, be the best person you can be and the best player you can be every single day, best version of yourself. So yeah, we do hold the, them to high standards. Yeah, definitely. That's the best group to do it with too. Like you said, like veteran heavy, like they have the, they have the experience, like they've, 
what, like they've experienced back-to-back championships. They've experienced like what it's like to lose in like, you know, crucial games and things like that. Um, you know, right, kind of going exactly. off of, kind of going off of like that. Um, what was kind of like one of the like hard hardships of this season, like something that you guys had to overcome in order to push through to win a second championship? Yeah, you know, we lost, you know, when I look back on the season, we lost two like two heavy hitters. We lost Brooke Young and Sophia Guerrier during the COVID year. Um, who were the leaders, who were the scorers, they were the defenders, they did it all. And everyone else was kind of a role player around them. Um, and then, so this year we were so experienced, but we were, um, our leadership was undefined and who we were as a unit was undefined. And we had, I think we had the best first practice I've ever had in the five years, this October 15th. But eventually in those couple of weeks of preseason, we realized we still didn't have an identity. We, we didn't have a superstar, which, which is fine because that's, we don't have that. And I think that's in our, that's our strong point. Um, but we just couldn't figure out how to play together. We didn't know who, I didn't know who was our starting lineup. I think until the, the till December, I started someone new almost every game. I think maybe three kids didn't break that starting lineup. Um, you know, so we're super deep. So that was part of them figuring out who we were, what this identity was going to be. And which is why I'm kind of trying to jump on it earlier this year with those five rising seniors and say like, what do you want this to be next year? Um, you know, we lose three, but we, we do have a heavy senior class that's coming back. So I saw that as an obstacle defining who we were early on. Um, you know, we had one captain. I thought that was tough, um, you know, on her and she was an underclassman. So that was a challenge. Um, but we had a really tough non-conference schedule. So as you know, I'm, from following us all year and calling our games, we had the toughest non-conference schedule we had since I've been here, and we didn't. I did. We didn't come alive until kind of December. Um, we had a. I think beating Wesleyan was a big one right before, right after Thanksgiving. Um, that was a big win, first time in program history beating them. Um, you know, and that kind of kickstarted us, but just happened a little late. Yeah. But it it helped us in the long run. So there yeah, was a definitely. there was a there was a bonus to it. Yeah, you guys went on like a win streak in the conference, like late, you know, probably like, like you said, midway through the season, and like you just were unstoppable. And I think EastCon actually broke that win streak. And then yeah. I know you guys, you know, obviously were like it was that was tough to lose that one because they were like the second seeded or third seeded team in the conference. And then UMass, I ended up beating them in the playoffs. And then you faced off UMass, and then I capped off the season. But um, you know, kind of going along what you were saying about incoming freshmen, how does that uh? You know, for an insider looking in like me, what does that look like for next year? Like, how does the recruitment process work for incoming players? Not even just freshmen, just players in general. Yeah, you know, I think um, returning those five players, you know, returning a, a deep, a deep team, you know, returning a bunch of starters. I mean, every freshman's got to earn their time, but we're bringing in better, you know, better kids each year. As far yeah. as like each class gets better and better, winning helps. Um, you know, we're bringing in some bigger guards this year, which is really cool. You know, bigger wings. You know, we look at the NCAA tournament game and, you know, our guards got really out-rebounded. Um, you know, that was a big reason for our loss in that first round. Um, so, you know, it challenges our players. You know, get out in the summer, get better, get in the gym, you know, and you got to work for that playing time. Nothing's guaranteed when you come back. Um, but we got a good group group coming in, um, good group of kids too. And, you know, going back to what you pre- you know, what we preach, besides the high character, I think one thing is the unselfishness. And I think, I think that's a reason for our success, but we got to be better at it, being very unselfish, 
um, playing unselfish basketball. I mean, we, our leading scorer was a freshman, but we had a lot of even coring, even, even, um, even keeled scoring across the board. I think that's something that's really tough when playing us. You know, we got so many people that can do so many things and that's something we preach every day, sharing the ball. Yeah, most definitely. And was that your first time making the NCAA tournament as a coach? Yeah. So we got stripped of it the year prior with COVID. Mm -hmm. They didn't have D3 canceled the tournament. So that was like the biggest goal for us all year that it was not only win the conference, you know, cause you got to win the conference to get there. And, but it was, you know, do it so we can get to the tournament. That was the next hurdle for us where now the girls, now our mindset is let's get there and let's win a game. I hope crazy, you know, he followed you guys uh, with yeah. the videos and stuff. That was pretty yeah. cool. I wanted to actually go to Amherst and watch that game. I wasn't you know, able, I wasn't able to go, but I live streamed it and watched it. You know, that was like a nail biter coming down to like the end. Like, you know, it was tough in the first half and you guys started to pick it up. And I think it was like a three point game, you know, cap it off. But, um, you know, explain to me like your first NCAA match and like what uh, you guys could do to improve for next year to, you know, get to that same point. Yeah, it's like when I think back of our first, we've been to three Little East Conference Championships. And yeah. the first one we went to, we were ready. We were yeah. confident. Um, we had beaten East Con twice. And then we went there and we we lost and we were frozen in the first couple of minutes. And you could tell that we had never been there and they have mm -hmm. as a program, especially with me being, you know, with myself being there and my staff. So, you know, once we, you could tell that in the same thing in the first few minutes of the tournament game at Amherst, like St. John Fisher is a really good team and they've been there, um, you know, and we haven't, and they were just from the jump a little, they, they were just a step ahead of us. Um, so I think for us, it's, you know, preparing for that moment, um, knowing now that we've been there to have, you know, breed a little bit more confidence. I mean, I think with, with the experience comes the confidence. So I think mm -hmm. that will come. They were a little bit, like I said, they were a little bit longer um, and a little bit tougher. I, I mean, we're a tough team, but we got out rebounded by 19. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. You know, we got down by so much early on and we, we put on our, you know, our press and we came back. We had a chance to win but you, it's really tough to beat a good team trailing the whole game. Um, and in a moment like that, you know, we had the last shot. I give them a lot of credit. They didn't back down. They had a lot of fight, but we've got to come out earlier, you know, tougher earlier um, and resi more resilient because we just, we, we got down by way too much early on. Yeah. And you preached that too at the beginning of the season. I remember like a lot of like, you know, post game uh, conversations we had uh for like the broadcast and things like that like you've said that we got you got to start off to a great start I mean it's not how you start but it's how you finish but in a way like you have to start off right, right out of the gate so you keep that pace and that momentum for the whole course of the game and I completely understand that for sure definitely yeah playing four least. quarters is important it's like we have we would have great third quarters but there was always a quarter that was lacking yeah um you know so you know putting a complete four together I mean if we completed one if we had five better minutes, you know, in the beginning of that game, we could have, we could have had it. So, you know, I think we know we're right there and we just got to keep building. Yeah, definitely. And I wish you guys the best of luck that those five seniors coming back, you guys are going to have great, another great shot at, you know, coming back and returning. So again, I, you know, I applaud you guys and I hope you guys the best. Um, and I kind of does it for like, the, yeah, no problem. I kind of does it for like the lineup and everything like that for the show. I appreciate you. Joining me, Jenna, I just want to ask you one question. What did you think of Camp's Corner? And um, was this the best podcast I've ever been on? I just want to know that firsthand. I'm biased <laughs> because I know you because you've called our games. I think you're the best. I really do. I'm I'm excited to have you back on. And this is definitely the best podcast because you're a special, special person. If you ever look into someone to talk to, because I was just on some podcast. I forget. It was not like this. It was 
I mean, I've been on some good, like D3 Hoops is different. That was like, I was selected to be on that, but I've been on some, it, it, I don't even know where they came from, but it like Antonia and like Ange, you know, Ange. I had like, Antonia on, yeah. I've had her Antonia on. Oh, you have Ange is a stud. She's yeah. so well-spoken for a freshman. She's, and just cause she's, she was rookie of the year. She'd be a great one. Yep. Yeah, yeah, for, for sure. I'll definitely reach out. Like, I want to reach out to a few of them. And I always told them and like the boys too, like I'm trying to do something. I don't know what it is yet. I'm still trying to think about it before I leave, like something to have all them together. And like, cause I just bought out like a ton of, not like a ton of equipment, but like more equipment to like, so I could like be somewhere and film it and like have multiple mics and things like that. It's just like, you know, Oh yeah. But. Well, listen, if you ever want to organize something or want me to help organize something or pick, you want to pick my brain, you know, I'm happy to help you. Yeah, definitely. For sure. I'll definitely be in touch because I definitely want to try to do it either during the summer or like, you know, pr- probably maybe before it, before like, you know, everyone goes away back home and things. But. Everyone leaves. Like I've got my girls on Monday meeting with me. And so then they kind of like they get busy with finals and take off. Mm-hmm. So a good time is like literally right now. And if you're not if they're not ready or you're not ready, whatever. But, you know, also probably fall if you ever were around oh yeah i'll still live there definitely yeah i'll definitely be around regardless of you know if i live there if i end up staying there or not but i'll definitely be around for sure okay awesome yeah Ange would be a good one just rookie of the year i mean that kid is going to be a stud yeah for sure and I'm, I'm, i can't wait to see like what they do and what they accomplish and you know i wish yeah. you guys the best of luck thanks thank you and if i could ever do anything let me know for sure thank you i'll, I'll be in touch